I'm Nathan Anderson, and I love monkey business. We are pleased to be back on the steed, riding into your hearts and minds once again from Hear Me Now Brother Studios, Miracle Mile. With me, as always, is my excitable older brother, the man of many seasons, winter being the longest. Let them <laughs> hear you. That's That would be me. So. How about that? I almost almost had a heart attack trying to get that all out at one, one moment there. Uh, I'm excited, Seth. I'm back. Um... I'm back to life. I can I can tell you you had a good day today. You had a really good day today. Today I asserted the majesty of creation. I did some hiking and I I really tore up my legs and I had some fun. How did you tear up your legs? No, I just I just took paths that weren't there. I made Nathan paths and I was wondering why there was no you one know, else around it, me. You know, at Griffith Park and in, in that area, it's mm-hmm. incredibly difficult to get lost. I think. I think it's difficult to get lost. Then we're going to get you know somebody saying it has oh, nothing got, to do totally with getting lost. lost. It's it's having all to do with ending up about as far away possible as your parked car is, where you got to walk all the way back through a tunnel, up through some shit. You know, I, I I came out at the whole other end of the park today, and I had to walk all the way back through the worst kind of way. So it was it was a fun day of walking, though. Real beautiful. I day think a there. lot of people, and I I know we're not the first people to have thought of this. I think a lot of people that are in the the, the business. The KCRW business, pod, mm-hmm. you're you're listening to that podcast. Anyway, those yes, people those people go to Griffith, and I the, saw for the yeah. some sort of you know very superficial kind of spiritual uplift. I think and they all go up there and they and you know what you do when you go up to Griffith, you get up into that peak, you look down and you just see the ugliest city. It looks world. better up there though. It looks the city looks like a much cleaner place, and then you start thinking about street level, you know. Yeah, you know, Western and Hollywood. Actually, it's like a the lot kind of bustle that goes. Really interesting in the evening when you can see the helicopters all over the city, just little fireflies. Definitely, LA has got some it's got some beautiful, beautiful, ugly stuff. So, Nate, do you got any uh, news? Anything updates? Anything? Anything for us? We have been working on the film. There's been dips and, and dives, and uh, artistic endeavors have been coming in and out of our lives. For two whole episodes, we were on schedule. We were at a two-week interval. And it seemed like I was going to be able to, with the post-production schedule and the scheduling of recording and all this new studio stuff in our own home, I was going to be able to put out this show at a regular clip, but it didn't happen. Clip! Just didn't happen because the film 
this endless film that we've been working on for a year and just talking about <laughs> ten minute ten minute short. You are the man of seasons, man. That, right? Yeah, I, I I'm just yeah. I I love it. I love it. You're you're you're, you're you know on the other end of my teeter totter, and that's mm-hmm. how this show I'm, goes. You're, you're and it's funny because I'm on the I'm low and you're high. Seated like geographically right now, you, I, you know, just just look across every once in a while. I could fall off, you know. What I'm saying you gotta be there for me. Anyway, we, uh, you know, we. What I think right now is is we have had some attention from from other listeners outside iTunes and in, in iTunes. We're having some more subscribers, so mm-hmm. you know, you know, we could take a moment right now to just kind of give enough people idea of what we are. I mean, this they probably got it already. All right, they probably got it. What I but but what we what we're trying to do with our uh, hear me now, brother. You have any uh, comments on that? I've as we're into it, uh, episode nine here. Well, the show is developing. The show is coming along. Basically, it's about us, me and Nathan. We moved out here from the Midwest. Try to keep it a little, you know, happy. Why don't you take a stab at it? Because I'm just, I'm just. Uh, I don't know. Hear me now, brother. Offers offers insights into the arts, into the arts, into the entertainment industry that we live in currently right now uh los angeles from a, from a view of about 90 percent of yeah, its population from thirty thousand leagues under the sea well, we're, well you we're know we're living the life of a lot of people I, that I, come out here and and but, but but we have a voice too and i think other people can relate to what we're going through trying it's to make a show about entertainment that tries to be entertaining but it's not it's vaguely about movies and it's vaguely about music and kind of all these things but it really endeavors at the end of the day to be entertaining and i think our show is this episode we've cooked up some fun things some some fun segments and we're just gonna we're gonna go into them but i want to thank all the listeners that have that have kept coming back and have and some of the new ones and the promise and the and promise of 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 of, of more shows, you know, a promise. Yeah, well, of whatever the, you we know, these here. hear me now, brothers. They're they're such immaculate little things, you know. They, they I make them when we put them together. They're like these, you know. They're very much doted after, and and they're like, yeah, they're like a child to us. So well, every episode uh, is very much thought about, about and yeah. and the way it's structured and and the way it's put together. Finally, every time we've been here, we've been here, and when we're not here, you know, it, when it gets hard, when it gets hard to just crank one out i don't feel like we should do that you know i don't feel yeah, like that's, we should just crank one real out. dumb I think way to do suffers. things yeah. so I'm, I'm happy with everyone we've made and it's number nine right now so it's pretty exciting let's uh launch into number nine you know what i'm saying please almost to our 10th anniversary so 10 years 10 years in the biz, in the biz of podcasting <laughs> whoa let's move on
And now it's uh, Hear Me Now, Brother, Episode 9. And in honor of our ninth season, uh, our ninth episode, and our ninth try at this, <laughs> we're going to get back to an old tried and true tradition, the Hear Me Now, Brother, Top 9. Ladies and gentlemen, the Top 9. Because <laughs> right. as I was saying, 9 is fine. Now, you know, 10 is ten is stellar. but 10 nine... is played. Yeah, ten, ten's over. Why ten? If you just, make it, if nine. you make it up to and until ten, to, to you, you can see ten on the horizon. It's fine. Anything past seven is. You just, just didn't make. You didn't. You, anyway, you know. But... You didn't make it. You didn't knock off that last thing on your to do list. The, the tenth thing, but just, nine. Just got that's, away. That's so anyway. No, we're gonna go on to number nine. Um, yeah. We decided that we we we've been sort of negative with our top nines. It's just been a general trend. I, I think we've done three. I can't so far, remember what two. the last I one was. I don't even remember. Was, Who cares? Uh, Nobody's listening. Nobody. Nobody uh, cares. The number nine uh, things that we are going to talk about here, uh, number nine, uh, is uh, little things that make life great. Just little things that you go through. Highly subjective list as always. Things that make us feel good, uh, me being now 26, Nathan being now 25, the things in our daily life that we're going through in our life cycle right now that make us feel great about life. Number nine. Number nine. Start off well here. Go ahead. Being able to sit for hours in a bookstore. Well, there's there's only so many bookstores you can do it at. You know, well, back in the day and... when um, it was really hot out in the, in the Midwest, Barnes & Noble had a better air conditioning system. You walk in from that oppressive humidity, and it's like the cold air conditioning pours down your pants like water. And you've got every Tom Wolf book you've ever needed to read, and you can read them all, and they're slim, and, you know, it's just so great. They're but cleaner the, than libraries. The uh, the one thing, I remember the first day I did it, I didn't know how long you could sit in the chair, and then I saw, a, you know, a broken, People do their a broken man, a homeless man, sleeping there. And I sat there looking at a magazine furtively or walking around, faking like I wasn't going to sit down. And that guy was there after hour two. And then I was Three, like, yeah. And then I sat four. down and I was like, I'm going to read this whole book right here. I'm going to read this whole book. It was like 100 pages. This is a whole book. Man, who and says stuff, you know, stuff isn't for free anymore. You know, it is, free, it is for pleasure. free when you sit down in one of those chairs. And they provide them. So as so far as I'm concerned, they that's, just have, yeah, they're they acquiescing. If they didn't have it, they just take all the chairs out. Uh-huh. You know, people buy. It looks good for the store. And that's pretty fun. Yeah. That's great. That's a great little thing. Okay, number eight, the Criterion Collection. Criterion the fact, Collection of David H. Yes, the fact that it exists. That's it. Now, if you are not a big fan of the Criterion Collection, or even let me don't know what it is. Yeah, give me. Let me get you the down low. This is a. Uh, uh, well, it used to be laser discs <laughs> for all for all those nerds out there. It used yeah. to be a laser disc selection of Not some other <laughs> the greatest films of all time, and I and, and it's a particular list. It's very subjective, but these are archival film films that are foreign usually uh, films, but films that are exciting. They fit the taste making quality of the Criterion Collection. Previously, I I, cut I, I don't remember what the first one I bought. Films. I think I bought Seven Samurai first. They're very, they're kind of pricey. They're on the, the higher end of the scale, but you're getting the ultimate edition of that movie. Uh, they have their all original content. Yeah, the documentaries yeah. are created, produced by uh, them. like four. I mean, the Brazil thing was like three discs for for it's just for ter- for, they're for film lovers. If man. you are particularly, it, I find a Criterion man or woman uh, every once in a while. They look at our DVDs and they go, oh, 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 yeah, oh yeah, I agree. Oh yeah, I agree with that choice. And it and it's just a certain kind of taste in film. Um, it's really, it's really a great resource too. I mean, they got all kinds. Do you of like a certain material. director? Um, it's hard to go into total description, but it's it's just great films. If you get a Criterion Collection film, you're getting 
by and large, a great film. And yeah. when they go out of print, you got this collector's thing going on where you can get four The fact that this thing exists, for, the Criterion Collection, you know who you are, you know who you're listening, who's listening right now. Yes, it is one of the greatest things in life. It makes you immediately happy when you get one for Christmas. Hell yeah. And I That's, can't believe what's not on the list. I can't believe what they're making. It's, oh, yeah. It's just constantly oh. surprising. Oh, yeah. Criterion. Oh, yeah. Criterion. Okay. Seven. <laughs> Number seven. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good, Nate, because we're, we're, we're starting to... Oh, the sun, the little sunlight in my heart is, is starting to, to come out. Hey, number it's seven. Number seven's kind of cute. Kinda First cute. realizing you like a song you've never heard before, especially when it's recommended by a friend. You almost, almost when, almost every time a guy lays like, hey man, you should, you should, you should try this Try track. this band. Try or, this band. You know, it's called like, you know, the the Fruity Parrots or something. And you're like, oh. I would Fruity never Parrots, try it, yeah. Fruity Parrots, track number five, Want You. You're going to love it. And you're like, oh, okay, you know, this guy doesn't know and, why, you know. But but we do have friends that recommend one thing and you're just like, oh. Then when you listen to it and it's like, wow. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually, yes. Fruity Parrots is pretty good, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the Fruity. Uh, it's, uh, As an example. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really weird when you first realize that I'm digging this. Because when you when I first listen to a song, I'm immediately going, make me like you. You know, I've got this kind of attitude about this. Yeah, listening. it's got 30 seconds. Where I really. just go like, okay, if I don't get this from the first riff or the first the way the drums kick in or the way the girl sounds or the guy sounds or whatever, I ain't going to listen to this. I ain't going to listen to this. And I don't want to like it. You're going to just have to prove it to me that you're worth it. And then, boom, they, they put on a fat beat or the somebody, something about the person's lyrics or uh, something happens and you're like, I like this. Oh my God, I found a new song. Oh my God, I've got my whole summer planned out and it's and this is the soundtrack to it. You know, I mean, it's well, just like... Are, yeah, a, few and far between for those. But and music's so great. Music really just... And music rock. Music should be its own number. Oh God, I'm happy, man. I'm, I'm, I'm getting better too. I'm Life is so fucking great right now. But uh, that's always a little treat when someone happens like that. So what's what's number six? Number no, wait, six. Are we on number? Yeah, yeah, number six. Number six. Days, God, I'm so happy I can't remember. We got it on here is days off and Friday nights. Yay! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Yeah, days off. Uh, Nate Nate has weird days off. He's midweek. Minor man. Mine are usually Wednesday and Thursday. But uh, you know, I've gotten used to them just because an LA Friday night Saturday night is crazy. You know, yeah. if, uh, no, every Wednesday, night is Thursday, Friday night in LA. On a Wednesday and Thursday here, it's pretty much like a Friday night in other cities, like Minneapolis. Or right, right, Minneapolis. Well, Minneapolis, you're it's living like, wow, for this Friday. a little bit more people out, out here, especially Thursday. The weekend starts here on L.A. on Thursday, pretty much. But Yeah, no, I, I think... I Any think day where you don't have to work the next day. There's nothing better than knowing the next day. You could sleep in if you want. I usually don't for some reason, but you can you get could. you can get trashed. Because you know, you know, Jason or somebody's gonna gonna be able. You know, you guys know Jason. Yeah, but he he'll drive us. You know, and we'll just get drunk. I I know we were. You know, you're listening right we'll now. We get blasted Jason. in a party uh, wagon. Yeah, Jason's just party wagon. And uh, talking about fun shit and talking about how great life is. I mean, that's that's uh yeah. But anyway, two I days. Mean, I I go off on two days to three days where uh, you get to be whoever you want and no one gets a piece of you. God damn, that's so fun! I can't wait to Friday night tonight or t- next next week. It's coming up. Pretty it's soon. coming up soon. All right, number five. This is funny. Just eccentric people. That eccentric. just makes me feel great to know that these people are just lighting the way. And, that, and that's in all walks of life. The homeless people that come up to you, the celebrities. The eccentric. The, the people I mean, you just know. You just know are a little crap. Salvador Dali, Bjork, Tiny Tim, Florence Griffiths Joyner, Howard Hughes, Dory Amos, Frank Zappa, Dennis Rodman, Marilyn Manson, Elron Hubbard. I mean, it goes on and on. Philip K. Dick, David Patch Lee. Adams, Richard Branson, Muhammad Ali. I love all of them. And they all add something. And you, I mean, they they all they all are on their own little ship. Did you life. mention? Did you mention uh, Michelle Gondry? Michelle Gondry. I mean, um, it's, it's endless. Um, 
And then, then there's these people that try to ex- approximate this kind of eccentrism, like uh, Brad Pitt tried to do it in a few movies. And, we all have our favorite eccentric. Uh, I mean, I think we all do. Yeah, Owen Wilson was an early I mean, favorite, but then he kind of just became approximated. Sometimes, yeah, when, approximated. I mean, with us, that's, sometimes, that's sometimes when you feel a little, you know, you don't quite feel PG-13, you feel a little R-rated. You know, yeah. you go, you step out there. Well, you step when you're out mentally, there. but when you're, you're never, you're never the eccentrics that really. Perry Farrell, you, you're never going to go Perry Farrell on the world. And, and, mental and, disorder and I think, in some guys. ways, I'd like to step in to Perry Farrell's world for a while and be Lollapalooza, just ninety-one all the time, just you know, been caught stealing, just saying, you know. Luckily, the people we've mentioned have actually made uh, a really crazy name for themselves. There's a lot of written material about them, and you can see into their lives. And that and that's also a source of inspiration just in yes, my life. Yes, the, 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 uh, the Morrisseys of the world. It just and makes they... me feel great that there's there's these just wild hair people out there, you know? It really does. That, that, that's, that's a fun one, man. Okay, number yeah. four. Number four. Number four is for good. Some, for some reason, I'm just in a reverie mode now. What, what are we? I'm sorry. Four. I'm just thinking about all these eccentrics and how I'm hey, not eccentric. Number, and then guess what? Number I'm just four, so staid and boring. No, no, no. Number four just happened to you. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how about okay. That? There's these moments in the day when you uh, when you forget who you are for a second, and then you're and then you're the enslavement that is constant thinking and mental chatter subsides, if only for a moment. And you forget who you are for a moment. You forget that you're on a planet. Yeah, you forget where system. you are. You for, you you, you kind of zone out. You kind of look at a car like the shine off of a hubcap, and you're like. And you just forget that you're a human being, you're on a planet revolving around a sun within yeah, a galaxy that's in a universe. You know, you just forget all of that, and you're just kind of kind of being. And I, I think... You don't really think about anything. Yeah. They're, they're, I've, tried to, I've tried to kind of figure it out how to do it without zoning out and not... But you lose control of all mental... That's the whole point of it. You lose control of your all mental faculties. You lose control of your logic. Your brain just isn't in control, as it usually is, like, a, like 110% of the time. Your brain is in control. Everything happens. All of reality is being filtered through your brain and your in your consciousness and your logic. But when it isn't, just for a few moments, it's like God just goes like, hey, I'm going to turn the lights on for a minute. Boom. You know, I'm going to well, turn back off, bitch. You know, it's, it's, it's done. That usually happens when I when I hurt myself or something. You know, I, I, uh, you know, I yeah, lose. Yeah, it takes maybe something extreme like pain. Pain really kind of sometimes, focuses. Sometimes sex. Sometimes trans, men, <laughs> I don't know, transcendental Tra- sexual TM, encounters. TM, yeah. Tantric, uh, tantric twenty-hour sting sex. That should be on the list. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you can do that, yeah. Uh, Mind-blowing sex. Is <laughs> uh, twenty. <laughs> can we change? Uh, we have no, to no, make okay. it a no, no. That's we, well, That's an amendment. That's that's but like that, top nine that, plus. That does yeah. fall into number ten. Four. That's number ten. Sex. I, number I, four. I, it, when you forget who you are for a second and don't think about anything. So number three. I don't see what. Oh English. yeah, English people. English people with their beautiful brogues. Because they represent another world, another culture, another land. They really just make me happy, too. Just hearing the voice, I could probably listen to someone reading, you know, an instruction manual for remote control as long as they got an English accent. As long as they... Yeah, I mean, like, every there's always these guys and parties that are putting on the Sean Connery brogue, and, and it's getting kind of played out now. But, but whenever you hear a real one, like, not the Natalie Portman kind, the V for Vendetta, Natalie Portman. Not, not whenever you hear Hugo British. Weaving talking... You know, and I'm in Santa Monica, and there's a big British, like, like you know, expats over there. They're just all living there. When you hear them, you just immediately go, man, that guy sounds, you know, he sounds like they C.S. Just, Lewis. I mean, he sounds smart. Not only do he they sounds, sound more intelligent, they just sound more just worldly. The richer, the richest English you've ever heard. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. wish we could all go back to that. We, we're, we're talking. Just trash. a literary quality, the way they talk. It's almost like they're coming right out of a novel. 
as if everything they say is written and constructed and doted over. Like some of the great British writers. The vibration. I mean, like, what is what is happening there with the accent? I mean, is it is it the way their teeth formed? Is I mean, like the the, the mechanics of it. You know what I mean? Like, how does it just sound richer, it's, but it's deeper, not just the lovelier? accent. That's what I'm trying to get at. It's not just the accent. It's it's, it's the worldview. It's the worldview, the quality, the the education level that's coming out of them. You take the dumbest British guy in the world. You take Sid Vicious, the dumbest person from England ever. He still sounds more interesting than some skater punk coming out of you know Van Nuys. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Um, number two, Nate. No, <laughs> they're very rare. Oh, admit it to me. <laughs> These things are very rare now that you've gotten older. Very, very rare. The phenomena oh. of the belly laugh. Nothing like having a good belly laugh is very rare. I remember when I was a kid, I saw Dumb and Dumber. I had a belly laugh straight through the whole movie. I would love <laughs> to have that again. I would I would kill to have a two hour experience or, or of just laughing to the know? point where you you can't you are silently laughing. You're not even you can't even tell the person laughing until they <gasps> exhale. You know what I'm saying? And they come out of it. My dad still has those, <laughs> Nate. Dad still has those. Oh, some people still do. They have the the genuine belly laugh. As a kid, when I watched Peter Sellers, I was dying. I haven't had one in a while, dude, which is crazy. I get them briefly when something somebody says something funny. But it's not like where I'm crying and I'm just like, oh, God, life is good. Because when you have a real belly laugh, let's not. Let's just. This should be number one in some ways. But uh, we're really is essential. We're going for something else uh, with our number one. Our number one. Nathan, would you please tell us what it is? Finally deciding that being just me is good enough. Good enough for anyone. And I only have to please the guy who looks back at me in the mirror each day. Can you? The rest of my friends. Can you repeat that, please? The microphone is... Nate, number number one. Finally deciding that being just me is good enough for anyone. And I only have to please the guy who looks back at me in the mirror each day. The rest of my friends, lovers, and relatives are all just frosting on a very wonderful cake. A cake of life. The cake that we eat daily. I wrote that about... uh, I dated it. 3.45 3.45 a.m. last night. And just to bring it on home, one of our favorite eccentrics, Björk Gudenmunther, of the Sugar Cubes and a lucrative solo career, said of life, life is like a big cake, and I just love to eat it and eat it and eat it. I could just eat life until I die. Did she really say that? Yes, she actually did say that. I wish I could eat life like a cake. I, I kind of embellished it a bit because she's nuts. All right. I know Unknown Poet said, uh, life is like a shit sandwich. Uh, the more bread you got, the easier it is to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Roomy. <laughs> oh. oh, anyway. Um, that's our top nine. We're going to return to these top nines because they're one of our favorite segments. They're one of our seminal I'm segments. I'm feeling great. I'm and feeling I great. And I feel like a banana split. I feel right like now. a castaway who just saw the, the, the little steamboat. You can see him yeah, turning around for Whatever, it. they tipped their bow. They're coming back back at me. I feel like God has rolled down his massive tongue and licked the itch off my back. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, that was a good top nine. And uh, uh, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. Heaven. Let's have a couple belly laughs here. Hey, man. <laughs> hey. It's only it's, heaven isn't too far away. Warrant. Torture. 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 Torture.
Georgia. 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 What if this whole crusades? Georgia! Will you bite the hand that feeds you? Georgia! 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 Will you bite the hand that feeds you? Time to go back into the realm of horrible films. Really, really bad films that we really don't learn anything from, but we have a hell of a ride going through it. That's right. It's a very popular segment, and it's something that we enjoy doing. So this week, we have really gone into the back catalog. We pulled a title from 1991, Seth. It is called Sleeping with the Enemy, starring a... Pre-Julie Roberts, Julie Roberts, and Patrick Bergen as an abusive husband who, with a mustache, mm-hmm. conquers M- the world. Mustaches. He is a total monster. And then a little little-known actor, Kevin Anderson, a fellow Anderson, and he is awesome in this movie. This is directed by Joseph Rubin. He's uh, he's brought us some very terrible films. The Good Man, or The Good Son, I'm sorry, The Good Son, The Forgotten. What a great ending on The, well, the Forgotten, son. that was great. Well, he just put that out. And, uh, and Money Train, these are all very terrible films. And uh, he, he has uh, directed this one, uh, no different. So let's let's get on. This is, uh, I mean, before before we can talk about Sleep with the Enemy, <laughs> before we can talk about Sleep with the Enemy, we really got to talk about Pretty Woman. This was a huge movie. Pretty I, Woman. I wasn't a part of the Pretty Woman train. I was too young. And you it was can just hear the songs. You know, no, 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 I, this is Julia Roberts being plucked off Sunset Boulevard, a prostitute, becoming, you know, what she was. This, this, this queen, this queen, uh, by Richard Gere. So this was a huge movie. So t- we got to talk about Pretty Woman to talk about Sleep on the Enemy. This is pre- uh, yeah, what we call it's the pretext. Yeah. What we call a, a, a vehicle. <laughs> uh, this is a Julia Roberts vehicle. She was so hot right now. They rushed her into this movie, and this this seemingly seemingly you know not interesting story or, or very very unusual challenging kind of thriller uh, was a perfect little vehicle for her. I think I think it was well polished, well done. <laughs> Pre Julia Roberts, Julia Roberts. So we got to talk about Pretty Woman. You know. Well, I've but, I've got some things about about. Um, in my notes, I've got some things about Julia Roberts, but they only really will work later on in our discussion. Yeah. Um, I do but have a lot of a lot of elements, a lot of themes I'd like to bring up. But I, I do you have a, a plot synopsis for us so that I do. we can you know get people well, back synopsis, up to speed? The synopsis of this movie: Sleeping with the Enemy. Uh, Laura and Martin have been married for four years. They seem to be perfect, happiest, most successful couple. The reality of their household, however, is very different. Martin is an abusive and brutally obsessed husband. Laura is living her life in constant fear and waits for a chance to escape. She finally stages her own death and flees to a new town and new identity. 
but when Martin finds out that his wife is not dead, he will stop at nothing to find her and kill her. Yeah, yeah. Nate, this this movie raises a lot of questions. That is and, a thriller. And, and that it's a thriller, but it raises a lot of questions about a lot of many things. I, 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 a great many things. Um, I'd like to bring up one question to you just to get this discussion right off the bat on, on Sleeping with the Enemy. Mm-hmm. Of all the options open to a battered housewife, was Julia Roberts, or Laura's in this film, the best option to choose? It seemed How rather it ridiculous, high-concept way to get out of her problem. Mm-hmm. And it's thrown away by a couple lines of dialogue. Uh, I called the police. They said, make a citizen's arrest. It's like, the police said that? That's insane. A citizen's arrest? I mean, this was, this was probably dated around the 90s or the or yeah, but turn of the 80s or 89, 90. I mean, the movie was set in that period. I right? haven't it's done a lot of research on the laws open to a battered wife, but I'm pretty sure that if you go to the police nowadays, you aren't going to have a problem. You go to a social worker, you go to a battered you woman's... Do, there's uh, battered women's homes. There's a lot more. I mean, this Instead, is like protective custody now. It's got to be. I have no idea how she thought it would work for I mean, for a long time. Or or, or even even just... Yeah, this, is, this, is, this movie is based on this idea where you can... The easiest way is to fake your own death, and then and then be spit out the other end with no identification, no social. You can't no. you can't do anything again. All right, mm-hmm. I mean it, it, it doesn't make sense. You know, kill him and make it look like an accident. I mean, there's so many other ways. She to could do have this. tried to kill him. I think that would have been equally I, just right off the bat. What I what I first liked slash hated about this movie is, is that it, it's a monster movie. Uh, you know, it's a monster movie dressed up as this yes uh, thriller. You know, so when you watch it as with that in your mind, and, and the first ten minutes when you see Patrick Bergen being this one-dimensional, I mean, he is a, he's like Alien in the first Alien. Yes, I mean, he's he, just he, like the Alien. In, every in, time he exactly. comes, every time he that. walks by, he's 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 the monster. He's the he's everything he does is repulsive. You know what I mean? It's, it's so broad that when he clinically rapes his wife within the confines of marriage, <laughs> he plays a theme yeah, from The Shining, the that dance waltz that's like death that waltz. That is the bravado, yeah. Yeah. He plays that. And Hector Belalos. It's almost like he might, they might as well be playing the Imperial March. I mean, you, you just it's like the director's going, you, you just get it? It's played so fucking broadly that he might as well you know he might as well have a cape because he's already twirling the mustache. I mean, he's already got the mustache. In, mo- in this movie, we gotta we got to say that. You know, Patrick Bergen, we, people are very familiar with him in maybe, uh, I think, TV circles or even, even in Patriot Games. I don't know if he people was, are. I mean, he's, he always he's plays Irish. Irish man. actor. He, now he's a little heavier. He, he's always he in the pot boiler. Yeah, he, 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 do, he doesn't quite look like, I mean, in this movie, he's like maybe 110 pounds soaking wet. I mean, he, he's about 6'4". You know, he, he's trim, and he's got a, a black mustache. I mean, this guy is, this guy is, is a Lucifer. You know what I'm he saying? Is, he is Metastophelian. And and he's evil from the word go. And that brings up a point I want to make, is that it, the, the, the villain paints the port of two men that are the only options a woman can have. And they're very black and white, okay? Mm-hmm. On the one side, you've got this obsessive-compulsive, brutally homicidal, mustachioed businessman who is kind of practical, you know. He's, he's he almost, offers yeah, a attempted, beautiful life, a very clean yeah, life. They live, in a very, they live in a sharper image house Just, right by the bay. Yeah, loose sight tables, yeah, open very, windows, very white walls. Window, and she's yeah. high society. She's looking great when she's with him. But maybe the first three minutes. Yeah, she goes of the to a film. party, and he's, they show his jealousy and very, happy. very obviously. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're kind of like, oh, these guys are doing great. They they live in an awesome place. He's working out. He's trim. She's trim. You know. She's he's working, having... but he's working out like 
he's working out in this creepy way. It's like the like, way they photograph it's very yeah, creepy. It's, yeah, it's like that's worth he's sweating and, and she watches and you can just just it's evil. It's evil working out. So they paint it they paint it very broadly his villainy and his evilness, and then so you can see why Laura would want to off herself. She um, fakes her she's, own death. She's obviously played out every option she has in front of her, and that was that was di- in dialogue. They said that she tried to do this. She, uh, yeah, in that in those few words that you and, said. And for six months previously, she's been training her body and her mind to get ready for what she must do. She even allows herself to get raped a few times, to be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not you know, I know it's a little black. I'm taking it down a black road there. <laughs> yeah, no, she, yeah, I don't, don't want to look scenes. at my sleep with the enemy as a rape movie, you know what I mean? I've, I've, there were a couple Roberts. scenes that were awful where you knew, like, Help knowing what I knew that she was going to escape this. She was allowing things to happen to her because it was like, I gotta wait it out. I gotta wait exactly. it out. And it's like, it's, it's like Auschwitz, man. I mean, but but we're we're, we're taking through that. We're we're taking through. I mean, the way the movie is, we're talking about. We were talking about how 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 the, the the function of the film, the way it's edited. We 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 aren't let in on the secret that she's uh, learning how to swim. Let's say because she's gonna uh, do this fabulous escape on a boat where it looks like she's drowned because she's afraid of the water, and he and she knows that he knows that. So there's all these things that we see later. We finally realize what happened that she faked her own death, but. During the movie, she's doing all these strange things like throwing rocks at lights, you know, just randomly. Yeah, all these, all these little these paper little chase niblets. kind of things. Yeah, yeah these, little, these little things of information that that you're kind of like, hey, something's going to happen here. So she she uh, so she, she goes. She somehow manufactures God to create a storm for her uh, that the night of because I think she manufactured the boat thing. She was she gets on a boat with this 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 man who's like, hey, lo-, you know, Patrick Bergen loves boats, but Julie Roberts has this thing about being afraid of boats, so she uses that for her own ends and mm-hmm. said, you know, learns how to swim so that she can jump off a boat and get out of get she out knows, of hell. She knows he knows that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But somehow she didn't. I don't know if in her plan she knew that there'd be a storm so she can like find a way to jump off and and get on that Bowie and and I think she just like anytime we go out man I'm going to try it. Okay. So she she escapes, she gets on a bus, she goes uh she goes to a midwestern town and this gets back to my other point. You've got the on the one end, my broader point here. On the one end you've got the mustachioed psycho, sociopath, right? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you've got this um sensitive drama school mullet sporting boyfriend that yep. represents ben. a new beginning his name is ben a new beginning right played by kevin anderson great mm. writer of star wars fiction yeah also that but he's not that oh he's not the new, the new dudes. jedi academy great one, is, books. one is a uh, you know a no talent actor working hard got a role in sleep with the enemy oh, and then dropped off the face no of the ta- world no talent no it doesn't say that Oh, you you added that. You editorialized. But she, yeah, we got the two extremes of men in this movie. We got the the, the heterosexual nice guy, okay, and you know he's a who's drama, still he's still a teacher. predator. He he still is aggressive with her because uh, yeah. because Julia does address him the same way. It's like she has that line where it's like, "What's with men? Why do they always want to know shit? Why do they always want to know about me?" So the it, the movie does address this sort of like yeah, there's some this really sort of possessiveness that's inherent on. in all men. We want to own mm-hmm, mm-hmm. these things, That's but I'll get I'll there. get at why this is why the movie stumbles on this. When we talk about this, we're talking about uh, well, there's you know her, this journey of self discovery that she goes on, and she well, she takes this bus trip, and I'd really like to talk about this, this bus trip here. The bus the bus trip is one of the great scenes in yeah, the film. This is this is my favorite scene in the film. There's this scene where she has a little bob head, 
uh, bob haired wig on she's got she's she just got on the bus she's leaving him and 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 she's she's just she wakes up on the bus and there's this old lady she can see it all over this woman she's scared kind of shaking she looks like she's wearing a wig she 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 <laughs> talks about her friend you know uh leaving her husband and then you know after the after the thing goes by this woman passes her apple she's like so when did you leave him you know she knows she knows and she just kind of you know nods wisdom uh, and, and they had no. This when discussion. did she leave him? She's still going. When did she leave him? She's still keeping up the veneer of the of the third person there. Uh, yeah. Well, when did you leave him? And, and she and and they have this whole conversation. I think it's I think it's some of Julie's best work in this scene. I think it's a scene Ever? where she's uh, no in 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 this. I think okay, I'm only going to consider the Julie Roberts period before. Uh, this movie probably. I mean, that was her best work. Mr. Pizza, Flatliners, Pretty Woman. I mean, come on. Yeah, what are you yeah. gonna What are you gonna follow her after? You Still gonna, Magnolias. You gonna get into the yeah. the ripoffs of Pretty Woman? Yeah. Pretty Woman is probably her best movie. Okay, but <laughs> <laughs> but she does this. It, it's real dramatic. All right, she, this woman, this old woman, asks her, you know, what? Uh, how, how long were you with him? And, and you know, Julie's like, oh, you know, too long. You know, just rushes it off. But then she, you know, turns out the window. Very dramatic. You know, side profile. Probably Julia's best profile. She's like three years, seven months, six days. You know, and 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 that breakup at the end, that that little disintegration. That's her best. You, you that's it. the best scene in the movie. And 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 uh, and then we move on to this this. So so this. she channels all battered women in that one line. All of the pain and torture that every woman, uh, many women go through. She encapsulated it. It's in just that line it, in that scene. Another woman sees. The effect a man has on a woman in a negative way. It is. Yeah. It has to be about that. And, and and they do address the issues they have. Yeah. They have when Lightly. when after the days of heaven were you know we'll talk about some of the days of heaven with Ben here before Bergen follows her cross country. You know, there's this scene where she meets her mom. There's good scenes between Roberts and her mom yeah, in this yeah. scene, and her mom and Patrick Bergen <laughs> when he <laughs> when he gets when he gets there. I mean, she's talk, blind. She's blind. About, and they're play, they play up that for all it's worth. Well, what I like, I mean, we, we're mother. talking about gender issues and stuff like that. There's a scene where she goes and meets her mom. Her mom is blind, but but uh, yeah, I'll get Julie Roberts still still afraid to be seen, and, and she's in disguise, and she's in disguise as a man. Yeah, so there's this a believable man. Uh, kind of a slight young looks like a little southern man, <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? She has yeah. a she has a fake mustache on, and her mom like touches her face. She's blind when she touches her face. She, she's like she you looks got a mustache like on Swank. here, honey. Yeah, she looks like Hillary Swank. That scene where she even dons man's dress, and there's a whole thing <laughs> about there's that whole thing about wearing costumes, and there, there's the veneer, and then there's the inside. There's a scene with Ben in the in the in the famous drama scene where they're well, trying on all the great. No, no, and this is this is something I want to get this at. This is probably your favorite because scene, right? <laughs> my, my favorite scene in the film happens to be the the scene you refer to. Yes, and and, and, and when. She gets into town. Somehow, she has a lot of money. She must have. She must have saved up a lot of money. Or I'm or thinking she has a shoebox. Patrick yeah. Bergen didn't notice a major withdrawal. I mean, there's some holes there in her story. She buys how a house. she made a clean cut with. Yeah, she bought a. She was. I would think she was mortgaging it. I, I do think she was 700 a month. I mean, in Iowa, you get good rates for a house. But she was fixing it up. She was there for a little while, and then boom, there's a guy. At there's an six, eligible six bachelor months, living months. next door, no less, alone. And it's Kevin Anderson, and he's real and he's sensitive, guy, and he's immediately on the prowl. My favorite scene is this: is this ridiculous courting of of Julia Roberts? She she rejects him a little bit, but then she starts to you know demure and, a little and bit. It's done in a cut. There's a parade, and she sees, and Julia is beautiful. She's like her shot, like the perfect Julia Roberts, like big hair, just going nuts, and she's just sitting there in a parade. And she goes, "Let's just forget what happened." And Kevin, his game's back on, and that night. They go to this this. Oh, they he go to a sets college drama school thing. stage. Yeah, the backstage he's area, a the drama section. Okay, department. we are we are then treated to my favorite 
favorite scene in the montage. Film. And it is the Julia's, lightest part. Julia's I mean. undeniable star quality is on full display here. She prances through fucking pixie dust while while Kevin Anderson mans the lighting rig for her. Yes. And she's she's do, doing a little impromptu improvisation there on the stage. And then we get a things are going good montage afterwards where they're trying all the clothes that you were talking about. You were talking about all this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she's wearing them. It's Julie Roberts' smile with different clothes on it. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, looking adorable. They're dancing. Yeah, they're wearing masks. And it, they're, and kiss, they're not kissing. They're just kind of rolling. It's a master stroke on Kevin Anderson's part because... You know, it's making he her looks just laugh. Romantic. And, and, and you know, he, he sensed that she needed it. You know, so yeah, he's yeah. like, boom, she needs we're going to do it. So he, he, he puts in the trouser snake right at the end, though. He, he tries to go for it. He's going to score due to this, you know, delightful pageantry. But in the 11th hour, he has very strangely violent bedside manner with her on a, on a stair steps. On some steps. Oh yeah, that's it's, a little it's strangly. It's really brutal. It was the way supposed he's to be kind of no. I mean, it was kind of supposed to be sweet. You know, like you know, we're going up Not the stairs. Really. I, I, no, the it way was he rough. was doing it, it. and then and then and then she, of course, reminds about how she's been, you know, handled uh, yeah, before. No, good scene by her there too. She she has a breakdown a little bit, and she asks him to leave, and it's yeah, I, I, and it's you know, a scene you, where you just he's like that hairy ape off, and he deserved it. But I, I, it's my favorite scene in the film because it steps out of the whole plot. It, it's just, it's really just Julia Roberts with Brown Eyed Girl, which is another thing I want to talk We're about. We're going to talk about Brown Eyed yeah. Girl. Um, um, so, no, where it, does that leave us? Where does that leave us in our discussion of Sleeping with the Enemy? I don't know. This film really just how about would this? fall yeah. apart without Julia Roberts. I don't know who else they had in mind. I had about, I had this, this, plot I had this to say about it. Uh, it is a thriller that has the requisite dopey pleasures. All right, it ha- it's well produced. It moves right along at a fast clip. So, so you're like, wow, yeah, this is a, it's good. One good. hour and a half. It's an you hour know? and a half. You know, it seems like we're always ten steps ahead of the na- narrative. You know, we we the thing that's surprising about that moment it, it, with Julia is that uh, they set up this character, they set up the problem, and most movies like this, a thriller, just pushes through with the thriller, and they don't come back to the character's problem. What that did is it came back to the character's problem and reiterated, and, and, and like, well, she does have. I just don't know how problem. she was able and, to buy and, a house with and, her. And just to stop that, that new relationship in its tracks, you, she can't have a decent relationship like right after that because Bergen is <laughs> is up her nuts, man. He's there. Don't forget, remember in the beginning of this discussion? It's a monster movie. So we have the scene where yes, he, just, he yes, physically is in her house. Yes. He is physically in her house, which, which, which this pretty much destroys the movie, and Bergen doesn't realize what he's doing. I mean, he does have... Uh, I've seen on display a lot of charisma in other films, but this he just seems one dimensional, and, and he does that whole thing where you know he's having a gets, hard time turning his accent off. It gets bloody, it gets weird. He's pointing at her, you know. He's like, "I'm going to kill you at the end of this," and then he doesn't murder in the whole film, though. You know, he he's very close. I, I think he's time. too much of a coward too. And but 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 there's that well, whole thing where they don't talk about that. Yeah, he physically he physically has a scene where he gets you know knocked down dead, and then he comes up again like yeah, a horror like, film. Yeah, horror film. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it just it, everything doesn't feel right. It doesn't. This movie just doesn't fit. You know. But I think we're done with our physical discussion of the plot. Um, well, uh, but yeah, but I, I do have something to too. talk about Van Van Morrison here. Well, uh, a lot. Yes, I, I I I'm glad that you have mentioned which is that. the main theme of the of the of the. The film. I have some research about uh, "Brown Eyed Girl" by Van Morrison. A, a little, a little background on this song. Right? Here's here's a quote from Van. Okay, it, this is an article from Into the Music, 1975. Uh, a work, the Richard Work biography. This is what he says about "Brown Eyed Girl." Okay, they put they put out publicity around the time to the fact that it was written specifically about someone I knew, but it wasn't. 
This is Van Morrison after a couple of scotches, you know what I'm saying? Originally, it was called Brown Skin Girl, okay? When I wrote the song, I just thought Brown Eyed Girl sounded better or something. I guess, I really, I wouldn't have made such much of a difference, but Brown Skin Girl was the original title, okay? After we recorded it, it looked at, I looked at the tape box and didn't even notice that I'd changed the title. That's how I spaced it out. I looked, it at, the, I looked at the box and laid it down with my guitar and said, Brown Eyed Girl, right on the box. It's just one of those things that happen. That's what he said. So I was trying to find, you know, I was listening to the song. I listened to it about 20 times just to find some connection between this movie, which she's kind of an olive, you know, I, it, she doesn't really have brown eyes. You know, I was trying to find it in connection to, to why it works so well in Sleeping with the Enemy. And you know what? You know what I found? Nothing. Can I, I have a counter theory about Brown Eyed Girl. This is one of my final words on Sleeping with the Enemy. After that, I'm done with it. I never have to watch again. Okay. I think Brown Eyed Girl in my opinion, is used to signify the film's greater meaning. And here's what the greater meaning is. Ultimately, what we've just talked about, the literal meaning of the movie, is how a quote-unquote strong woman Mm -hmm. overcomes years of abuse via an unlikely identity transformation. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. I really think the movie is fucking confused. And here's why. Brown-eyed girl signifies how every man in the movie, not only in the movie, but in the audience... And in 1991, America is supposed to love Julia Roberts. She did. The movie takes the bulk of its screen time showcasing Roberts' physical attributes and then slams the crazy men in the audience and in the movie for becoming obsessed with her. But they've been showing her like crazy, making you fall in love with her. And then, of course, there's psychos out there in the world. And and then the song, Brown Eyed Girl, about physical attributes... I know it's unifying and and and, and showcasing physical attributes that you're supposed to follow. It really makes men get this kind of confused message that yes, you should be attracted to her, and you sh- she is gorgeous, and look how fun it is to look at her and just think about all those well, terrible yeah, things. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, okay. And then it shows that ultimately she can't escape that men will always be objectifying every man that's around her even kevin anderson yeah that gonna, idea she just can't really uh, yeah. escape that most men will just want to be that with idea her is a and, lot more interesting it, than than the movie you know i i don't think and 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 i don't know it's just it's very it's very confused so the real villain of the movie is how robert's physical sorry robert's physical beauty is portrayed and ultimately brown-eyed girl uh is the major uh, signifier of that problem. So every man that sees her wants her. I, I, I just think I just think that this it's a problem with how women are portrayed in films. Yeah, but I mean, but to to, to be kind of hypocritical and go like you know, she can only be with them. and She doesn't have another option. It doesn't seem like she has another option. I mean, I guess Kevin Anderson's a nice guy. There and everything, really hasn't but he's been still kind of like going after. Her. He's not like he's I, I, he doesn't let her just go. No, he doesn't let her just be after she's had like, a very traumatic like marriage. Maybe and, her and uh, very her and traumatic marriage. Yeah, maybe her and Ben might at the end. You know, maybe you know, maybe he do something we we don't even see it, it. we're just yeah. like is this guy this is the greatest who knows what they're probably will, will listen like to her but that. but after that intense uh, scenario i where... just i think it talks about how men look at women and how they want to possess women and how they and these are interesting things and and it's in every man i think it's every hardwired in every man and okay so yeah, now yeah, now was... we got to jump out of the bed all right we got to get out of this bed with the enemy you know we got to start sleeping with our allies so uh let's get out of the discussion but a little trivia little little fun little trivia i, I found one interesting <laughs> one interesting bit here star julie roberts caused a controversy as she left abbeville south carolina this is where the film was shot uh, most of the location work was shot in Abelville, South Carolina. She said the place was a living hell and a horribly racist town, and she would never return there again. She was written up for 13 weeks in that local paper, you know, about that racial comment. That's terrible. 
<laughs> thanks, thanks. A little. There's there was supposedly a ton of continuity errors that you and I missed. I don't know if you gotta. <laughs> I'm not gonna review it again with you, but you know, hey, you know, um, I love these things that just must have been blatant. When Laura posed as a man to visit her mother in the nursing home, she left town in a 1967 Ford Mustang. When she returned home. She was driving a 1966 Ford Mustang. It's like a totally different... Oh, well, that uh, doesn't matter. And the colors were from orange to blue. Come on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Revealing mistakes. When Laura throws a stone at the streetlight by the beach, the stone clearly misses the bulb, and yet it breaks anyway. <laughs> some some stuntman is like, I'll break it for her. And, you know, some, some hand's like, I'll th- oh, don't worry about it. I got that thing rigged. Julie's not going to look funny. It's just like a bunch of wire. That's uh, when Laura first has dinner with Ben, she sees uh, a very he sees a very nasty bruise on her hairline on the left side. And when we see her next, presumably the next day, her hair is parted on the left side, and there is no bruise. <laughs> Ben's care is funny. It's so funny, huh? Some shit, some shitty trivia from a shitty movie. So uh, Julia Roberts, hot or not? At the end of the day, and my final word on this. We're talking. We're talking about that period. Definitely, yes. You can get lost in her curls, man. She's got a lot of hair in the film. It just, it's just about two... Yeah, it's Sideshow Bob, man. It's about ten feet high. I do think, though, she belongs to the skeletal race of women that I put Margot Kinner in and um, some other women of yeah. her. Like, even Hilary Swank, the skeletal race. You're you know, talking about real, yeah, real, real thin girls. Kind of toothy um, skeletal yeah. women. Beautiful women, though, right? <laughs> we yeah. can't live without them. Uh, uh, that's funny. And that's... that's, that's the so best we're, out of, we're out of the bed. Can't live without them. We're out of the bed. We, we faked our own deaths. And we're away from the enemy now, so we're safe. We're with comrades.
Okay, that was episode nine. I hope you enjoyed this slice of entertainment, this this Baghdad-level explosion Mm. of of fun. Of goodness and juicy pleasure. Nate, three years since we've been in Iraq. Can you believe that? It doesn't feel like it, does it? I'm so glad I wasn't drafted back when I was... When I was younger. So, hey, this is, uh, this is episode number nine. Episode number nine. Uh, We're getting almost ten years, man. Isn't there something, uh, numerologists, don't they say something about number nine? Or is that, no, it's 2012, the Mayan prophecy and all that shit. Anyway, we 24. have some announcements to make. So, uh, yeah, we got we to address. A big address, announcement today. got to address the. A big announcement today. You know, we've been talking about a movie that we've been making for the last few months and years <laughs> and well it's finally I can honestly tell you almost complete we're I on the been, final mile here I have been working on the soundtrack night and day for, for your entertainment pleasure and uh, it will be going up on the vo- on the vodcast or the videocast whatever the fuck you call it well actually our address if you want to check out our show notes is hearmenowbrother.blogspot.com yeah our MySpace page uh, www.myspace.com uh, slash uh, time is now is for me alone and then me is hear me um, www.myspace.com slash hear me now brother and uh, for our good friend the mp3 file little, we've set up a little there. little account for for that asshole that's our main kind of fan club uh, hear me now brother page and that is myspace.com slash hmnb so go check those out and uh, be our friend add us and we'll add you and we will talk about podcasting or life or transcendental meditation, or anything Tantric else. Tantric 20-hour orgasms. And uh, whatever you want, because we're there for you. Uh, we're, also, we're, we're, we're at Yahoo. Therapy. We're what? at Yahoo, at a Hear Me Now Brother at yahoo.com if you want to give us any comments, complaints. Aggregator. Just want to slam us, flame us. I mean, you know, we're easy targets. I'm done here. Uh, we're done here. Nate's got to go to work. We're, we're recording in Nate's closet tonight. We're, we're in a, this is a good 5 by 5 feet squared, and... Uh, Seth's just eyeball I'm sitting eyeball. right by a very... Um, I'll, I'll clean it out. This will be our new Hear Me Now Brother Studios with all my uh, well, my fashion fashionable threads here and uh, boxes yeah, your party clothes. Art and all kinds of junk. So but, the uh, music is coming. It's time to leave. And I, for one, am feeling great. When I look at self in the mirror, I feel great. I really am starting to like the person I look at. Okay, we're at it. Okay, next time. Hey, Shukaka. <laughs>